you are a parent, teacher, admin, or therapist who has experienced chaos in your classroom or home, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I have with me today, Dana from Calm the Chaos. Dana, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. If- All right, so- I know one thing, chaos is like my middle name. So. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and, and for those of you that um, have never met Dana, just so you know, I have met Dana in person. So this episode is like, we could like talk like friends. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to like stay on track because we got so many things that we're going to want to drop. So many good nuggets. So um, Dana, let's start out with, I asked everybody this, how did you end up at an IEP table? Oh my goodness. Yes. So um, my oldest kid, well, first of all, I ended up at an IUP table first when I was a teacher. I was in the classroom. I taught everything from three-year-olds to first grade in inner city Chicago. And so I spent a lot of time at the IUP table as a teacher. And my favorite kiddos were the challenging kiddos, the ones that other um, teachers would warn other teachers about. And the ones that, um, you know, in the teacher's lounge, other teachers would talk about. I mean, those were my favorite kiddos. And uh, then I became a parent and I thought I got this thing down and uh, my kiddo was born and he definitely taught me a lot. First and foremost, uh, he was sent home in kindergarten. He was kicked out of preschool. He, uh, we started thinking about the IEP table in about first grade and by second grade, we were at the IEP table uh, quite a bit. Um, So my son was uh, really struggled with aggressive meltdowns and behavior. He would have meltdowns that according to the school came out of absolutely nowhere. And um, there was one day in particular where I walked into the school and uh, I was nine months pregnant, got the call, 45 minute drive to school and I was supposed to be on maternity leave. And I come in and there was the admin, the counselors, the teachers, and they even had the police there, not just school security, but they had called the police on my son. And they had my son in this glassed in room in the office and he was banging on the walls like a caged animal. And literally every single staff member just said, we don't know what happened. It just came out of nowhere. And I got ushered back to the principal's office and she looked at me. I now know this is illegal. She looks at me and says, don't bring him back until you figure out what's wrong with him. And it was then that I knew I needed an advocate. I knew I needed some help. And um, I ended up getting an IEP for him. But because the school did not have the supports they needed, I still didn't trust the school to be able to support him. So I actually ended up bringing him home. And when he uh, was in like third grade, third or no, sorry, that was in third grade. And then in sixth grade, he said, mom, I really want to try school again. I said, all right. So I went back into the IEP process. Um, It was really difficult to get back in, Um, had to navigate all of that in a brand new system. And from there, we saw everything. Um, And he eventually got sent to a therapeutic day school. um, And he was you know, hospitalized, there was all sorts of things that happened. And, um, but now I can happily say that he is 16 years old. He's at a traditional high school. He has an amazing IEP team who listens, who is there for us, who is on his side. Um, It's the most magical thing. It's the things that like you speak of that even in my professional experience, 
I had never witnessed. And so sitting at an IEP table where everyone works together, it is absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I, I love, and I don't love this, but I love that you pointed it out. How about that? I love that you point out that you were an educator. You still are an educator in a, in a non-traditional classroom. Um, you're educating the masses on this whole calm the chaos, which I can't wait to dive into. But as a traditional educator being, you know, traditional, like go to college, get a certificate, run my classroom, do my things. You're like this, this IEP process is hard. And I think for so many of our listeners, they, they think they're supposed to know it all. Like they're supposed to like, like, well, there's this an IEP process and it says this. So you do that. And then like X plus Y equals Z like easy. And, and that's not how it works. So thank you for sharing that. That was a struggle for you. And I want everybody to hear that loud and clear that it is, it's tough as a teacher, it's tough as a parent. And this system takes that, um, yeah, that, that intentional conversation to create what you're talking about, that magical moment of things working. So let's talk about some strategies and some things that we can help give to our listeners that they can bring back to the table to help create some of those moments. Um, I know that you have tons of examples. So let's talk about chaos and talk about maybe uh, an issue in the classroom that maybe you know about, and we'll tell everybody like what you do and how you help families and all of those things. Cause you guys are going to be like, how does she know all these things? Just trust me. She knows a lot. So, <laughs> so I want you to kind of share with what, what's kind of a classic situation. We've got a lot of just, um, concerns happening in the classroom right now with a lot of kids shutting down, not trusting, not doing their work, um, not knowing how to engage. So share with us something that you see that's happening and what's one strategy that a teacher needs to put into their toolbox ASAP. Awesome. All right. So um, the immediately what was coming to me is one of my students in our membership who um, she had a little boy named Wyatt and he was in kindergarten. And in kindergarten, they were at the brink of expelling him, not suspending him, but expelling him. And he was really struggling, highly uh, intelligent little boy, um, but he was, he was getting in trouble quite a bit. And so one of the things that happened is um, her husband wanted to ship him off to um, what's military school at five. And this mama was like, I just can't do that. I can't do it. So what can I do? And she was seeing the same struggles at home. He wasn't really listening. He was all over the place. Like he was constantly moving. He was touching things when he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't doing the work he was supposed to. And what was happening, it was this snowball effect that the teachers were paying attention to what happened right before and what was happening right after, because how many teachers are taught that that's exactly what you're supposed to do, right? A, B, C, antecedent, behavior, consequence. And so they were paying attention to the antecedent. They were paying attention to the consequence of what was happening after the behavior, but they were missing the full spiral, what we call a spiral. So they were missing all the things that led up to the behavior that was happening. And so if we were not on a podcast now, I would tell your listener, um, you know, I'd get out my, my doodle pad. I actually have it right here. You can do what you want to. Some of these people are going to watch on YouTube. And if you're not getting the visual, awesome. so it's okay. I know I'm a visual learner too. That's okay. in us, right? So I am such ahead. a doodler. So yeah. it's super visual. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to think of how many of you guys have ever been to, um, 
to the mall and they have those big wishing wells where you put the quarter in and it spins around and then goes into the bottom, usually for a donation for something. Um, well, growing up, my dad used to take my brother and I to McDonald's. We didn't have a whole lot of money and he would give each of us one quarter and he would say, go have fun. And like, how much fun can you have with one quarter? So my brother and I came up with this game where we would put the quarter in the top and we would race to see who could get it closest to the bottom without it falling in. And the key was, is that you had to let yours go long enough so that you could win. But if you waited too long, you would push the quarter into the black hole. Now I want you to imagine, I'm gonna draw my spiral. And I want you to imagine that that black hole, that epicenter is the big meltdown, is the big refusal. It is the thing you've been focusing on, no matter what that behavior is, even if it's a shutdown, if it's name calling, whatever it is, but you're going to put that at the epicenter. And if you think about it, a lot of times as teachers, as parents, we either catch it far too early and we set in place things that aren't really going to make a difference. They're things that make us feel better, but they're not really addressing the root cause. Or we try to jump in too late and then it just makes the behavior worse or pushes the quarter into the hole, right? And so what I, the thing that you can do is if you've drawn a spiral on a piece of paper, if you're listening on the podcast, then you're going to put that big explosion in the middle here. And then you're going to backtrack out all the events that played uh, took place that you know about. Now, honestly, you're not going to know all of them, especially if, you know, I hear all the time from parents, well, what if I'm not at school? Um, I used to do this with my kiddo and we would track these and he would just tell me things totally out of uh, order and I'd put them on post-it notes and then we'd put them in order afterwards or we'd put them on post-it notes and then I would go to the teachers, I'd get them to give me their spiral, I'd put that on post-it notes and I would compare them. So don't let that like that idea that you can't do this because you don't have all the details get in the way. This really does work. And so you put these on the spiral. And here's the thing that I want to tell you. Don't just put the kids things on the spiral. Be sure to put what you're saying, because there may be things that you are saying that you're trying to help the child, but they're actually making the child feel more um, stressed out or more fearful that they're going to get in trouble. So if you say something like, now, if you don't stop, I'm going to X. Or if you don't do this, then I'm going to why. Well, that might just be raising the stress level of the kid. And you're going to push that, uh, that behavior further towards the spiral. Um, so once you're, this is something that you can do out of the moment. This definitely doesn't happen. Like while you, while the kid We're not saying is like, hang on, we got to go get our yeah. post-it notes. Hold <laughs> on just a second. <laughs> Quit yelling. I hate you. And I'm going to get out my spiral. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about here. This happens afterwards. Um, and a lot of times you can do multiples of these. And I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to my son just recently. And that amazing IEP team that I told you about. So, um, so with this spiral, what it allows you to do is it allows you to kind of zoom up to the 300th floor in the middle of Times Square, and you get to see all of New York instead of trying to address the problem down on ground level and not being able to see three streets away. So 
I really, really encourage parents, teachers, admins to start looking at behavior from a holistic approach instead of just A, B, C, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but think of every little piece on that spiral being an A, a B, a C, an A, a B, a C, an A, a B, right? So it's, it's continuing to just blossom out. Um, so in real life, let me tell you, is it okay if I share how this worked with my son? Yes, go for okay. it. Because what I'm thinking is some people just went, shoot, all I've ever learned was ABC. And, and I love to say, this is not, it's not that ABC is wrong. It is not wrong at all, but it doesn't stop with just looking at here's one situation and one ABC. So for everybody who's like, I've tried this, I've tried ABC before, no, or, uh, you know, it doesn't work. No, be open-minded for everybody who says, um, you know, I, that's too much. Mm -mm, I'm telling you it's worth this work. I've seen this. So yes, please go ahead. Keep, keep going. Yeah. So with ABC, what happens is a lot of times it's a linear path, right? You're looking straight down the list and you're saying, okay, I see that there was electronics beforehand. Oh, it must be that they want electronics. And it's left to a lot of assumptions instead of just facts, removing emotion from it. And so um, with my son, my son is 16 years old. He's autistic. He has sensory processing disorder, ADHD, um, lots of anxiety. Anxiety actually causes most of the struggles that he has. Um, so like I said, he's in a traditional public school. And my number one fear for him is that he will go into the real world, which he's only two years away from, and he will say something to the wrong person and he will get himself killed. And that's my biggest fear. And so he says all sorts of things um, when he's happy, when he's excited, when he's frustrated, and they're not really school appropriate. They're actually not culturally appropriate. They're not anything appropriate. And, and so it scares me. And, um, and so he goes into this new school and I warn them, these are the things that can happen. This is where we're headed. And we didn't have a full IEP yet because he was brand new into the school district, yada, yada, yada. We all know the story, right? First day of school. I'm checking my phone every second. And I hadn't done that in years. I hadn't had to check my phone in so long. But there I am checking my phone. Like I get one little notification on my you know, phone and I flip it over and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was just on the edge of my seat all day. We made it to the end of the school day. And I was like, oh my gosh, he made it, he made it. So I drove to school and I couldn't figure out the exit to pick him up. They had him going through the main entrance and the main exit with all the other kids. And so I couldn't figure out where that exit was. They didn't tell me. They just said, pick them up. And I was a little late, like three minutes late. Oh, my mama heart. So I pull into the driveway and he starts running at me. He gets in the car and he's like, go, 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 go as fast as I can. Go, go, get out of here. And I was like, honey, what is going on? And he goes, I just got my bleep beat. Like I just got beat up. Get out of here. Get out of here. And I was like, well, we obviously can't just get out of here because you got beat up. What just happened? Well, this, I start to drive forward thinking, where do I go? What do I do? And the football coach comes up to the car, ma'am, I think your son just got in an altercation. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, his arms are completely bloodied. He's got a big old thing on his head. So uh, we drive around to the front and uh, go into the office and my son proceeds to, we fill out the, the altercation form. 
my son proceeds to spiral out the incident. And he starts telling me all the things that he can remember that led up to the incident. He did not say, mom, this didn't come out of nowhere. He did not say, mom, I didn't do anything. He was completely honest and told me all the little things that led up. And so I had a very detailed report. And so we went home. They said they were going to investigate. So they ended up rewatching all of the video. They ended up talking to as many people as they could. There was a very, very severe allegation against my son that he had said some things that were really derogatory. And my son was like, I don't remember that. I don't think I did that. And so we had our spiral. They had their evidence. Come to find out he didn't say anything. And it didn't come out of nowhere. He had lasted all day, an entire 100% of the day. And it was time to leave in the afternoon. And he's walking in the main hall. And some kids are flicking pencils, thinking it's fun, thinking it's funny. And they see a teacher and they stop. And the teacher, uh, the kids go, stop, stop, stop. Like, we're not going to do that. And my son told the teacher, they were flicking pencils. And so he stays with the teacher and talks to her for a minute. And then he goes outside. And as soon as he gets outside, his kid says, snitches get stitches. And my son immediately got scared, immediately got defensive. And he, the kid said, you know what? And he like lunged at my son. He said, you know what? Snitches get their bleep beat and you didn't have to tell on us. And so my son this is where I'm just being totally honest, picked up a chair to defend himself and held it up. And the kid said, I wish you would hit me with that chair. Now, because my son is autistic and does not recognize those sorts of language, you know, all of that sort of thing, he did. And then immediately dropped the chair and ran away. But as he ran away, he got beat up. So I'm sitting in the office with the principal and she goes, you know what? That child said, I wish you would beat me up. And your son did exactly what he asked. And it was the first time that I had seen an, an admin totally understand why the behavior happened. And they believed all of it and watched the whole spiral. And there was still repercussions and all of that. But immediately they changed his entrance and his exit. And he gets dropped off at a different time and they met with the kids and they got back together and like, they're in the same classes now and they're totally fine. And my son has not had another aggressive fit, which he was, you know, quoted as being an aggressive student his whole life. Um, he hasn't had a single one and we're three months into school now. So like, I just wanted to share the so real much. life. Like there's so much in that. And I love here. Here's the first thing. Like when you're like, so my child spiraled out what happened. And I was like, okay, did you guys hear that? Like did they, he didn't spiral out of control. We're so used to that word being like that a child spirals out of control. It's like, no, he actually spiraled out, meaning took the spiral and used a tool yeah. to help communicate what had happened. And, and it was after the moment. Yes. And the, the other thing the principal said to me that will stick with me forever. She looked at me and she said, Miss Abraham, this was two seconds. 
two seconds. We've reviewed the tapes. This was two seconds after an entirely perfect day. So to most people, it would look like it came out of nowhere and that it went from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. But because of this data, we know that it didn't come out of nowhere. So thank you. Oh, I love that. I love that, um, that of course the team listened to you. And I love that you had a tool to, I'm sure, um, keep your emotions where they needed to be for this conversation too. Ooh. Because for every mom who just heard this, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're ready. They're like, uh-huh. Like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just keep it appropriate here. But all there were some other tools that went through <laughs> that I had to I had to rely on that day because I seriously thought I like I had I had a mental breakdown, like almost, right? Like just what was I thinking? I was so stupid to put him back in school. Like I should have known better. We're right back from the beginning. He'll never be successful. I mean, I I spiraled in the bad way. Yeah. 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 And that's what I hear out of that too. And I'm like, that's great that we just, just so you know, to all the moms, you know what? And to the teachers too, who go through that all like, why am I a teacher? I can't even handle my classroom. I don't even know what's going on. I don't understand the student. Teachers have all of that self-doubt. Parents mm -hmm. have, you know, that self-doubt and questioning. So having this neutral tool to mm -hmm. help really dissect this chaos is so important because we cannot make decisions based on feelings, especially in the height mm -hmm. of everything that's there. So, all right. So now that we've learned about the tool and we can hear about, you know, everything from preschool to high school of how this can help dissect, would you tell us just a little bit of how did you, we know why, you know, kind of personally you shared why you do what you do, but what do you actually do now? People are like, okay, so like, what does she do? <laughs> so Dana, tell us a little bit about like, like what's your role in our, our parenting and educator, special education and beyond, not just for special education, but I know that, that you, you understand our community so well, um, mm -hmm. in that, what, what do you do? Well, I help parents who have challenging kiddos. We call them out of the box kids. They're the kids that are too much, too loud, too wild, too angry, too sensitive, or the kids that are not enough, not paying attention enough, not motivated enough, not energetic enough, whatever it is. Um, they're the two kids, right? The too much or the not enoughs. And um, I like to call them out of the box. And what I do is I help parents and of course, teachers and therapists sneak their way in there as well. Um, but my, my real uh, dedication and love is for the parents and specifically for the kids themselves, um, because I was a misfit myself. And so I love helping others. And so um, what we do is we help them create a family that actually works together, that, um, that empowers and advocates for each other and actually enjoys spending time together. And we do that through a program we have called Calm the Chaos. And what we've discovered is that it's not just these tips and tricks and little things like that, but it really is these four key elements. Um, and I'm going to doodle again, if that's okay. Go it's for really, it. Go for really it. quick, um, because this is something you can take with you as well. So anytime you're solving a problem, whether it's in the moment, ahead of the moment, it's in a dangerous situation, no matter what it is, you want these four key elements instead of just one. And so the way that it works is you want connection. So this is some way that the other person, sometimes we think of connection as like, let's play a game. And you're probably thinking, um, I'm probably not going to do that in the middle of a meltdown, but how can you help the other person and yourself feel safe? 
because that's connection too, right? And then understanding. And again, we're not going to spiral everything out right there in the moment. But if you can tell yourself, all right, all behaviors communication, all right, this kid is not giving me a hard time. This kid is having a hard time. Whatever mantra that really helps you understand that the behavior is not personal attack against you, right? That's something really good to remember. And there's a lot you can dig into here. And as you know, if you're working on IEPs and you're working on becoming a master IEP coach, well, you have a lot of understanding here with executive functioning and with sensory process, all the things, right? Um, So you're probably pretty solid on the understanding piece. And then empowerment, which in its main form, right? An IEP is supposed to be empowering for um, the team, empowering for the child. But this is helping um, a lot of times for empowerment. This is the problem solving. This is the self-awareness, the self-regulation. This is the piece where you're helping the kid come up with a script. You're helping them come up with a visual, whatever it is for the plan you're doing. And then the piece that gets missed so often, but I know Catherine has not missed this piece um, because we've talked in depth is this you piece that you are the linchpin at the center of all of it. And so we call this the UQ and the quick you piece is being able to anchor, anchor yourself when all bleeps hit in the fan, right? Or when the macaroni's hit in the fan, as my husband says, um, that's your ability to center yourself, remain calm. And I'd love to give your listeners that a quick way to stay centered and ride at the storm. Yes. 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 Super easy, super easy. Um, Usually we think we have to add more and we have to go, 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 go. And we have to fix and we have to solve and we have to do. So this is actually the opposite of all of that. I actually want you to just stop. That's it. Just stop. And then I want you to take a big, deep belly breath, because we know that when we take a big, deep belly breath, it actually tells our nervous system, hey, you're safe, you're calm, like you can do this, you can get through this. And then you're going to tell yourself something either out loud, or you're going to think of a memory, and we call this an anchor. And so you're going to do an anchor. This could be, I can do hard things. This can be, um, I am safe for my son. When he used to yell, I hate you right in my face. And he'd have like something big that he was about to throw at me. I would translate that in my head. I would stop. I would take my big, deep breath. I would ground my feet into the ground so that if I got pushed, I could, you know, withstand. And then I would just say in my head, I need you. And I would just swap what he was saying to, I need you. I need you. Or he needs me. He needs me. And that would get me through the moment so that after the moment we could do the spirals and things like that. I love that. So I'll, I'm going to admit to everybody. I have the first two down. I have the first two down. That's been core. I didn't know about the third one um, being part of that sequence. So I'm going to try that because I have my two daughters. They're 18 and 19. My youngest is going to graduate from high school, but she has a complex medical background and anxiety is something that has stayed with her because of all the trauma and all the things in the past. So a lot of times we have very heated discussions because she's not being reasonable and and she's just like, no, but no, no. and, And you're not understanding me. And um, yeah, I take a deep breath. I definitely stop. We are, we don't engage for a minute. And then I take a breath, but 
I do need, you know what? And I'm going to teach her that I'm going to teach her to anchor. Cause a lot of times it's worries for her. And if she could just remember that she is safe, she is healthy. She is okay. Mm-hmm. That would be so big. So I want everybody, I'm going to take on that challenge. I want you guys to take on that challenge to stop and take a breath. Um, I think it's so important for our kids too. Uh, this, the daughter that I'm talking about, you know, she gets really um, uh, just heightened state of things and she drives and she's like, gotta go to work, gotta go to school. And I was like, before you get in the car, you will take three deep breaths on the phone with me right now. Cause I won't be with her. And I'm like, right now, because it's, it's proven guys. It's not like a woo woo joke of like, take a breath and you calm down. You really will. Um, all right. Take a belly breath, not yeah. a chest breath. So a chest breath actually tells your brain that you're in danger. So it actually, it heightens your heart rate. It tells your brain like, oh my gosh, something bad's about to happen. And so it tries to protect you. You have to take a belly breath, which means that you're taking that big, deep one and it's going all the way into your belly and out. Um, I love it. I feel like everybody needs to do that right now. Like you guys, oh, take, yes. take yes. a big, deep breath. Like you're here, you're listening, just take breath. You can take the time to do that. Um, all right. Tell everybody where's the best place for them to connect with you. So they got two great tools with you. I can tell everybody that I know one place that you can connect with Dana is she's going to be our guest expert inside of the special education inner circle for VIP members. So I'm going to leave a link for that. So she's going to take this next level with our VIP members inside of the inner circle. So look for wherever you're watching this, look for the links you can get in and you can talk to Dana. You're going to be able to ask questions in the chat box. She's going to talk nitty gritty details when you tell her. And as you can tell, you know, she is not afraid of the details of what chaos looks like. Dana, where else can they connect with you? So one of the best ways, if they want to get started with a free training that we have is they can go to meltdownmastery.com. And that's where we'll walk you through the five biggest misconceptions or traps and pitfalls that even the best parents and educators fall into. So it's not mistakes that you're making um, that mean that you're a bad parent. It's just, these are the things that we know even the absolute best parents fall into. Um, And it doesn't matter if the meltdowns are your kids or if they're yours, uh, we can help you with that. So meltdownmastery.com. And then we are phasing out our blog, but you can still go to lemonlimeadventures.com. And that's where all of our blog resources are. And you'll find all the different offerings that we have. I love that so much, guys. There's so many resources out there for you with Dana, um, what she provides, giving you that new perspective, bringing that calm back into your classroom, back into your home. And I love that one of your missions is to help the family enjoy their time together. And that is so important, you know, with all of the pressure that we've had in our communities to actually start to enjoy our time together again, sounds like heaven. Um, So don't, don't skip out on the resources, go grab them. Dana, thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been amazing. Thank you.